Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated, Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest, one I love so much, Greg Oliar. I love talking to Greg, but before I do, I do try to keep these intros short. I have a tier on Patreon, though, that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, and I'm so grateful. If you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the about page check out some of my past guests most of the time i talk to political people sometimes i talk to actors because i used to be one but just visit patreon.com slash start me up i do two free shows a week on mondays and wednesdays and they're followed up by the what's up show which is just me alone talking about whatever i feel like kind of like an online diary i also do one patrons only show with a guest once a month just check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash start me up you can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description, I've included a link that makes it easy to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber, it's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please rate it and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me. Today's awesome because... You usually give me an interview while you're like in the car or something. And so this time we're doing it on Sunday in your home. So we're totally relaxed and it's awesome. So first of all, thank you for agreeing to to do this on a Sunday. I know you've got stuff going on in your life. So um, thank you. I just want to say that. No, thanks for having me. I'm going to warn you in advance that um, you're not going to hear whatever traffic noises perhaps, <laughs> but you may hear... Uh, you lovely listeners may hear the sound of my cat Leo either meowing or purring. He's very loud and he's very needy. And he he came in right before yes. you hit the record button because he's yes. like, "Oh, are you busy doing something?" This is this is the problem with doing anything at all is that the cats actually run the world. You yes, know? they do. And so. you know, I'm all good. Cats are the boss. Whatever happens, I'm good. I don't I don't care. I'm not going to edit anything out. Okay, good. As long as we're understood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, the first thing I want to address with you is, um, how do I start this? Okay, I had a guest on last Wednesday, and okay. we went through this interview, and basically the interview was never posted, because I'm not going to say who it is, but this person has been on my show before, I'm just going to say it's a female, so uh, she was a little bit upset with me, because she felt as if I were... Um, hitting her with panicked scenarios and I'm not going to get into all the details about it, but the long and the long and short of it is that, you know, pe I, people are afraid and we're in uncharted territories or, or uncharted territory. I'm sorry. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't know what's going to happen. And I mean, I'm kind of one of them. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared and I'm worried. I try when I'm online. I mean, uh, of course I express my fear, but I also think there's there are ways that we can get through this and past this. And I think it's really important to focus on them. But in the interim, um, I'm doing this interview and this person on the show lost their shit with me and was scolding me and lecturing me. And it's interesting because today I saw somebody posting that they interviewed Hillary Clinton and that she based the, the, the journalist said Hillary is afraid. And, you know, with good reason. And, and, and I feel like I feel like sending this person that tweet because it's like we're all afraid. We're, we're all afraid of what's going to happen. We don't know, um, you know, how things are going to go. But I just wanted to ask you, like, what I just want to take your temperature on the general feeling that's going on, the general political climate in our country how are you feeling? I mean, I, 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 we're going to get into specifics, and I've talked to you many times, so I have a certain idea. But just like in a general sense, what's going through your mind about p politics right now, whether it's American politics or global politics? Ooh, that's a 
that's a very big question. I and know a good it question. is, huh? <laughs> and, and, yeah. Um, wait, before I answer the question, though, I want to make sure everybody listening here knows that you were on Narrative Live after oh. the show last Friday, right? Uh, yes. Well, Friday before last, but yes. Friday before last. That's, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and you were great, and oh. I'm bummed because I'm always on that show. I and know. Then, and then you basically were replacing me for the night, so I didn't even get to get to do the show with you. Yes, which was that kind will of a be fun. But I, I was I very happy to, say... to see you on there, and you did great, and I encourage anybody here who hasn't watch this to go watch it well i will say and i think i said this i think i said it to jody hamilton on stephanie miller's show the other day i was slightly intimidated because um first of all some of the things that we talked about on that show i didn't have too much information on um but freaking lincoln's bible is a brainiac she's a brainiac yeah, she's pretty she she she's one of the smartest people that I've ever met. Yes, for sure. she's incredibly so, smart and incredibly yeah. well spoken. Um, but yeah, th thank you for that. For that, and uh, hopefully everybody. I didn't even talk about it on this show, and I should, huh? <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> going to take care of that for you I, 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 I'm, because you, you don't want to come on your own show and be like, "Hey, I did this thing last week, and I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I did a pretty good job." So, but I'm going to toot your horn. Well, thank um, you. Am I allowed to say that? That sounds too familiar. I'm, go I'm going to sing your praises. I think you did a great job. So. Go check out the uh, the after show from two Fridays ago, which is the seven, uh, yeah, the seventeenth, I think it was. So cool. Uh, I want to say. Yeah. All right. Well then. Um, okay. So I need to know your your opinion oh, right. on I the political and now. yeah, global <laughs> global and American politics. But thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm going to go with Hillary. I mean, I'm definitely scared, um, but I am hopeful. I mean, I mm -hmm. don't feel fundamentally. I don't feel any different than I felt for the last five years. Right. You know, which is that there are very, very powerful forces that are seeking to destroy democracy in this country. And yet I know that most people in this country, most, not many, most cherish our, our democracy, yeah. cherish our freedom. Even the people that don't really understand and drive around with the flags in the back of the cars mm -hmm. and the trucks and stuff. I think when push comes to shove and they understand what fascism actually is, mm -hmm. they will also not enjoy it. You know, exactly. so I think <laughs> I think we have a a a tradition in this country that is now a quarter of a millennia, a quarter of a millennium old mm -hmm. of democratic government. Mm -hmm. And these forces are not going to destroy that. And I don't think that the people in this country will allow it. I think there's too many people with too much power and too much money yeah. to allow that to happen. Wow. That's what I think in my brain yeah. now. Does that mean we got to we can just sit back and enjoy football <laughs> right. today? Um, I mean, I'm going to sit back and enjoy football today, but you know, but no, I mean, yeah. we have to keep on it. You know, it's important. These marches that happened yesterday mm -hmm. uh, around the country and around the world are really important. Mm -hmm. You know, marching for women's rights is important, and understanding that coming after Roe v. Wade mm -hmm. and and being anti-choice is really not just about uh, women. I, yeah. Even though right. obviously it is, it's larger than that. It is the first step oh, in fascist yeah. overthrow. Mm -hmm. It is about power. It is about uh, uh, autocracy and tyranny descending on this country. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a lot of guys that are just like, oh, yeah, the women, the abortions, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm here to tell you uh, that this is not just what that's about. Right. It sh that should be enough to get men yes. also off their ass and, yeah. and, and being vocal about how important this is for sure. Mm -hmm. But if men need to have their own uh, reasons that are fundamentally personal mm -hmm. for getting involved, hey, first they come for Roe v. Wade and then they come for you. Totally. And that's what's going to happen. So, mm -hmm. you know, if those laws are allowed to stand, if the Supreme Court, which is, you know, populated by six out of the nine members of the Supreme Court are associated with Leonard Leo and that uh, radical Catholic faction. So, uh, spoiler alert, they're all fascists. They're all yeah. fascist sympathizers, okay? And that's why they're there. Mm -hmm. um, that's why Brett Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and that uh, Alito guy, he doesn't like being called Scalito, by the way. <laughs> that's what they called him, remember, when he was nominated, because he was like, he's basically Anthony and Scalia's little bits, right? right. Uh, he didn't like it. And everyone was like, he was like, don't call me Scalito. That's mean. And then everybody stopped. So I'm going to encourage everybody, to, anytime he speaks, hashtag Scalito, because he don't like it. Okay, that's that, good to know. That guy. Okay. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you know, there are powerful forces, and we have, you know, right now, uh, there's this voting, the Voting Rights Act stuff needs to pass. You yes. know, the, the, the infrastructure bill also does, but the voting rights thing is super important. 
and they, they have to blow up the filibuster and get this mm-hmm. thing uh, voted on. I don't know how they're going to do it. The good news is we got a guy in charge in Joe Biden mm-hmm. who cares and knows mm-hmm. this. Um, and last year at this time, we did not, right? We, yeah. we had, a, um, you know, uh, the music man guy uh, <laughs> who needed to have show tunes sung to him to soothe his, his soul yeah. um, every time he blew a gasket. So <laughs> now we do have somebody who cares very deeply about democracy yes. at the helm of our country. And I think that's a good thing. Um, you yeah. asked globally. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a trend globally towards fascism. Mm-hmm. There is. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that this is happening now as we enter a period when most people that uh, fought in the Second World War, certainly, or were even alive mm-hmm. during the Second World War, are very, very old mm-hmm. or, or gone, right? So people haven't lived under fascism. Yeah, We haven't had it touch us in the way that it did in that generation. Um, People from Eastern Europe have, and they're the ones that are the loudest and most strident condemning it yeah. and warning us the, the loudest, oh, my God, we do not want this. But, you know, somebody like Sean Hannity can say, well, Stalin was our ally in World War II, so that's not so bad. Yes, no, yeah. sit down, Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe your semester at Adelphi didn't go well enough for you to grasp, the, the, you know, what you're talking about there, big guy. Um, so – fascism is bad we don't want it we don't want to even you know we don't want to even mess around with it it's interesting also it's like the virus right it's like a virus we're mm-hmm. like oh no we don't need the vaccines right. let's get rid of the vaccines you know <laughs> i've never had measles how bad could measles be yeah bad measles can yeah. be bad you go <laughs> blind you don't want measles right that's why you get the vaccine but people because there haven't been cases of it people forget because people are stupid mm-hmm. and or they can't read or understand history mm-hmm. you know Anybody that doesn't want to take a vaccine, Google diphtheria and read about the diphtheria outbreaks. You know, you don't see that anymore. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) I shouldn't (sighs) laugh, but I mean, it's so, oh my God. And yeah, you're right. I mean, we're on, and and, and you look at somebody like Vladimir Putin, and obviously he wants America to fail, but it's not just America. He had his hand in other elections. Some of those elections, he didn't get his way, but uh, he certainly did in 2016. I saw somebody posting, trying to think what it was. Oh, I know. Somebody posted that, I don't know, 40-some percent of Biden voters were, were okay with secession, and... I don't know where he got this poll, so I'm not. I can't positively say this is absolute, but still, let's just go with it. Um, and then he said Putin won. This comment, this person on Twitter, who I don't even know who it was, but I mean, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say Putin won because America is still a drama. Is it's still a democracy? Uh, we're very, very divided. Part of the goal of Vladimir Putin is definitely to divide us, and I think that's been he's been successful in fact you know what i'm going to kind of go off into a tangent that i hadn't planned on but okay good but i was thinking in last night i was watching reba now i never watched reba when it was first airing i caught it in uh reruns i don't remember back you know say 2007 something like that and i watched reba and you know it was funny because i i thought it was a funny show and I enjoy, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there are two characters on that show that I thought were the funniest. And it was this guy, Van. He was a teenager. And then, uh, I can't remember her name. She's, uh, she's got Barbara Jean. And Barbara Jean is blonde. And they all live in Texas. And so I remember when I would watch that show back in 2007. Obviously, George Bush was the president. Um, and I, I didn't look at, I mean, I understood the difference between people who lived in Texas or red states and then the like, people who lived in New York and Los Angeles at the time I was living in Los Angeles. And I didn't think so much in terms of liberal versus conservative. I just, I saw it as like, I recognized there was a lot of Christianity and a lot of uh, evangelicals who lived in red states. I recognized that they could be judgmental and they didn't like abortion. And they thought that people like me like I was a slut because I didn't, you know, I had sex when I wasn't married and all this stuff. I recognize that. But at the same time, I also felt that, let's just go with Texas for the moment because there's a bunch of red states, but just use Texas. That Texas was part of the American life, just as like New York, people in New York were very, are very diverse and they're very, very liberal. And those are also 
you know, people who represent America. So we all represented America, this patchwork quilt of all these different people. And yes, we argued. And yes, there were resentments and judgments and everything. But to me, it was still like America. And I watched it last night. And I just, I don't know what Reba specifically thinks of Donald Trump. But I just sat there wondering, I wonder if these people would vote for Donald Trump. I wonder, uh, you know, did the, would these people like Ted Cruz? Would these people be happy with taking abortion away from everybody? And, you know, I mean, back in 2007, it, it was the, the fear was not so strong of Roe v. Wade disappearing. And it's practically gutted now. It is gutted now. And I don't know. It was just, it was just like a thing that I was thinking that the the country has changed so much and this goes back to like Putin won I now when I see that show I feel resentment for those people and it's mm. a fucking fiction show I mean it's a Hollywood show and and at the time I thought that they were kind of very forward thinking because the teen daughter got pregnant and she wound up marrying Van um, and they had their kid together and lived with Reba. And then the husband divorced Reba and got together with crazy Barbara Jean. And they were all one big family. And I don't know, I guess in my naive mind, I thought, oh, this is, it's nice to see, you know, some tolerance. And I mean, obviously the girl didn't have an abortion. She chose to have the kid and everything, but the family accepted it. And everybody, you know, they had this weird family and, and, the, and it was believable to me at the time because sitcoms were you know, we look at them differently now because we've evolved past them. But anyway, the whole point of this is like, <laughs> at least for me, I can only speak for me and I don't know what you feel. But whenever I, especially since Trump, ever since he was installed, which I think he was installed, when I see either movies or television shows about the South, specifically Texas or, you know, one of those kinds of places, now I just I feel like resentment and I don't know if I'm alone in that. I mean, do you experience that at all? Well, first of all, thanks for spoiling Reba for me. Now <laughs> I know everything that happens. Great. I had it all queued up for tonight. <laughs> Sorry um, about that. <laughs> you know, I, I I had on my show, on my podcast, which is called Prevail, which mm -hmm. you guys should listen and could, should go download. Yes, um, definitely. A couple of weeks ago, I had on Di uh, Donna Ladd, who is the um, the founder and the um, executive director of the Mississippi Free Press, which is doing really, really awesome journalism in the state of Mississippi, mm -hmm. which, I mean, historically, you know, Mississippi is even worse than Texas, right? That's right. kind of the, yeah. in, in terms of what you were talking about, it's the most yeah. reviled by elite you know coastal elites states and i was talking to her just about all that stuff and 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 the reality is that there are good people and bad people everywhere mm -hmm. and there's racism in mississippi absolutely but there's also racism in boston mm -hmm. and in seattle and in chicago mm -hmm. and in new york and you know just because it something comes out of a, a southern state doesn't necessarily mean that all the people there are that way right and in fact if you look at the voting margins it's not 90 10 for the most part it's it's you know it's 60 40 mm -hmm, or 65 mm -hmm. 40, whatever it is you know uh, 55 45 it's close yeah texas has a lot of in fact i think texas is blue i think that they have that's a good have, point yeah the voter suppression laws there are so extreme mm -hmm. same thing with mississippi has more african-americans per by percentage as population than any other state in the country mm -hmm. there is no way that that state should be blue right as, i mean uh, red as right. red as it is mississippi should be blue mm -hmm. texas is blue if everybody in texas who wanted to vote went and voted that state would be blue mm -hmm. if you if you look at the numbers of the percentage of registered voters who voted in texas in 2016 and 2010 i mean uh in 2020 rather 2016 and 2020 relative to other states it's a much lower percentage it went up from 16 to 20 but the percentage is still very low mm -hmm. why is that is it because people didn't want to vote in 2016 people didn't want to vote in 2020 why right. why is the percentage of texas seven percent less than in arizona why hmm. you know obviously because they're fucking keeping people away from the polls mm -hmm. so i don't think the problem is texas i don't think the problem is southern people i don't think the problem is 
Bobby Sue or whatever her name is on on, on Reba. <laughs> I think the problem is the voter suppression. You're and, right. You're right. You know the, the, these fascist forces that are trying to do to, to do this stuff. If people, if everybody in this country was was by law had to vote. The Republican Party, if, it, if totally. it, needed, it was going to continue to exist, would have to actually, you know, propose things to do, mm-hmm. have policies that helps people, stuff like that. Because right now, it, that, that that party that used to do those things is dead. It's mm-hmm. a zombie party. All they care about is preserving their power mm-hmm. and tax cuts. And, you know, and, and that's it. I mean, and, and, har- and actively harming people. So it's not even a real political party at this point. It's a hate machine. And yes, it is. You know, that that's what it is. And I think that the secession talk, while it's very, very gratifying, believe me, it's up here in New York, it's very gratifying to just be like, <laughs> God, all these people in, in Florida, let's just send them all there and yeah. saw the thing off and <laughs> send it away. And that's it. But it's just not that easy. Of it's, course it not. Doesn't, no. It doesn't divide that way. It's not how it, you know, it wouldn't work. You know, there would have to be mass displacements. I live yeah. in one of the bluest towns in one of the bluest states in the country. And there's still assholes in pickup trucks with these big yeah. stupid flags, even here. You know, well, you, know you I, can't escape it. That's true. And I, I want to go back and say, it's not that I resent everybody in Texas. It's more I, of the concern. words in your mouth. <laughs> well, I just want to be clear in case there are people from Texas and they're like, hey, it's, I, I know there are Democrats, but I, I was specifically talking about the conservatives who live in red states and like the difference of how I view them now compared to what I thought of them before. And, and I was more naive. You know, I was yeah, I was following yeah. politics, but I wasn't like obsessed with it. And so, I mean, I watched Rachel Maddow. I watched Bill Maher. I, I was following elections. And, you know, I mean, Sarah Palin was certainly one of the uh, one of the reasons I got more involved in politics. But, you know, it was just it was kind of like, you know, I just I saw those states as, you know, even the conservatives in those states who I disagreed with on many counts. um, I still just viewed them as kind of like a different or uh, diversity you know, like we, yeah, I'm liberal exactly. and they're yeah. not. And it was like, it didn't bother me. I didn't like that they could be judgmental about women and call us sluts and things like that if we enjoyed sex. But it wasn't this animosity. And it's like, so I'm specifically focusing on those, you know, the, there are conservatives that seem normal. Like I know some of them where they're, in, they're educated, they are world traveled and well read and they voted for Trump. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, I, just, I, I don't understand. And then you've got the social media aspect of it with foreign entities, uh, you know, and, and, and Mark Zuckerberg, who I like to call Mark Putin. We're going to talk about him in a minute. But, mm. um, you know, it's like they, like they eroded our just the way we feel about each other. And so I, I think that's what I was trying to like – Maybe I didn't say it well enough, but it's like I just view conservatives differently now. And obviously, I see, there's what, never no, I see what you mean, and, and I agree with you on that front. I mean, what what you mean is is like, yeah. But I think also the reason why that is, if I I, I don't know why, but I'm guessing, <laughs> is that uh, the you know the stakes are higher now. Yes, they just are. I mean, what back when you were watching Reba in its original incarnation, we weren't worried that there was going to be a fascist overthrow of the government. Yes, exactly. You know, this Russian tool of uh, and this organized crime figure was going to be reinstalled in the White House and kept there for life or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 it was something that maybe you saw on some TV show. And even if you saw it on the TV show, you'd be like, yeah, that would never happen. You right. Know? Exactly. So the stakes are so much <laughs> higher. We don't have time, you know, to, to dig into the diversity. We, you know, in, in a sense, celebrating all that stuff is kind of a a luxury right Mm -hmm. like right now it's all hands on deck we have to preserve democracy everything else can wait everything yeah you know it the the voting rights stuff is the most important thing and if we can't handle that if we can't indict these people that are that have committed crimes that are trying to take down the government and if if our institutions are corrupt from within the way that trump tried to get them to be um, if that's the wave of the future, then we're screwed. I mean, permanently screwed. It, it, there's no, you know, it, it's very easy to fall into a dictatorship and very, very hard to pull out of it. 
yes. it takes you know it takes a couple it, it takes weeks to set up the dictatorship and decades to pull out of it historically so we do not want that to happen we do not want to take the chance and you know talking about the, the, the that's why they want the, the their forces want people talking about dumb shit they don't yeah. want the focus to be on <laughs> exactly you know, yes. they want it to be on, you know, my freedom and my, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, bullshit thing that they invent this week. You know, I th- are we are we done with critical race theory? Has that has that <laughs> right. the shelf life has expired? It's like old milk now. We can find something else to talk I know, about. Totally. Um, <laughs> OK, I want to talk about Facebook. So you wrote about Facebook. You wrote Facebook is the new Rome. And, and this is kind of taking me into the next uh, phase of what I was talking about. So this one paragraph stood out to me. You wrote, given that Facebook would not exist in its current form, and then this part is uh, sourced, without seed money from an actual hostile foreign power, and that's, you put in a New York Times article, of course how Russia was part of the uh, seeding. One could argue that it is a hostile foreign power that installed by another hostile foreign power, like when Soviets helped Fidel Castro take over Cuba, Cuba only instead of a smelly Marxist with a beard on a mopped-up island off the coast of Florida, they installed malware into our actual brains. Oh, my God. You're so right. And that's what freaks me out. We are not really, that, ready. That was freaky to you? It seems it's so unscary. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, it's fucking so scary. And it's like, I, and I said on Twitter, I do think... Mark Zuckerberg is kind of like Putin. I mean, he's not exactly like Putin. He's not a Soviet-trained dude, but he's not a KGB guy. But he's got information on everybody all over the fucking world, and he's a megalomaniac. And so um, I'm trying to find – there was somebody else. Let me see if I could – oh, yeah, you highlighted Jason Clint did a Facebook thread, and he said that uh, tonight 60 Minutes is going to talk to a whistleblower. Uh, a Facebook whistleblower, and and I say Mark Putin, <laughs> Mark Putin and Sheryl Sandberg haven't posted in days, and so it's going to be interesting to 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 see what happened. But I just want to, I want you to kind of go over what you wrote, give a give a little bit of a, a synopsis yeah, of what so you wrote. I, I I should preface this by saying I'm by no means like a tech expert at all. You know, I'm just a guy that you know I have a Facebook account because you you set it up and you put your baby pictures on there, and <laughs> that's when you find out you know, stuff that's going on in the community generally. Yes. So, um, but uh, I had on my show on my, again, I'm going to plug it again, my <laughs> podcast. Uh, I had Carrie Kukral on who, who was a, she was a ballet, very interesting, smart person. She was, uh, used to be a ballet dancer. Then she went and studied engineering and science. And then she was, she was in um, biomedical engine. She's like basically a biomedical engineer and does a lot of media work in big tech. Mm-hmm. So we were talking on the podcast about Facebook and she, she sort of said it that way, like we have to get used to the idea of face of a social media company or a tech company being as powerful and serving the same functions as a state. Mm-hmm. And even on a podcast, I'm sort of taken aback because I had not that had not occurred to me in that way before. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just the way she said it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after that, um, before the podcast came out, but after I recorded it, um, Adrian LaFrance at The Atlantic wrote a piece about Facebook being basically she calls it a, ho- a hostile foreign power mm-hmm. and uh, which I was sort of quoting in my, in my piece. Right. So um, these are not my ideas. These are just me. This is me, ex- you know, kind of ruminating on the ideas, but it's true. Facebook has what? F- 3 billion users, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. They're, they're rolling out their own currency, which if it works could really screw up markets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's run by this complete megalomaniac. Mm-hmm. There's this whole cult of person who, who's, who's obsessed with the Roman empire. Um, that's why he has that shitty haircut. I mean, a guy that's worth 142 <laughs> billion should have a better fucking haircut than that guy. Um, he he's obsessed with the Roman Empire, but does not seem to understand how Roman emperors tend to die, which is not happily in their sleep of retirement. Um, and you know, it, it, it's a dangerous thing. And I, the, the other problem with Facebook is that you know they take all this these massive troves of data yeah. and they just sell it to whoever the fuck they want. They have they just they have no moral or ethical code at all. Mm-hmm. They'll take the data, they'll sell it. I mean, around the time of the 16 election, there were stories and reporting that said, you know, if you wanted to get a, a list of people who like you know basically liked Hitler and 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 endorsed the Holocaust, you could get lists like that. Mm-hmm. You know, which is crazy 
right? They shouldn't have that. That shouldn't exist. Um, but they could do micro-targeting at a very small place, but also, you know, in, in bad, evil ways, sinister mm-hmm. ways. And, and they did because they just wanted to make a buck, right? Yeah. But it's not just, um, okay, I don't go on Facebook very much, but anytime you're on a website that has a Facebook like button on it, they know that you've been to that website, mm-hmm. right? Because the like button, like let's say you're, you're buying like um, jeans or something and you go to, you know, some the site where the jeans are. Yeah. And there's if there's Facebook shit on there, mm-hmm. Facebook knows that you've been there, mm-hmm. and they put all that in their in their uh, they add it to the pile of data that they have on you. Um, you know they've done horrible things, but also Facebook owns Instagram, which it should not do. Like yes. antitrust law should absolutely make it so that 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 needs to be split. And I'm hoping that the congressmen or the members of Congress that are looking into this will realize this and make that a law and break them up mm-hmm. in the way like AT&T, the monopoly of AT&T or Bell, whatever it was yeah. when I was a kid, when we were kids, were, was broken up into, into different companies. And as I understand it right now, what Facebook is trying to do is integrate the tech between Facebook and Instagram to the point where it can't be separated easily because wow. they know it's coming. Right. Right. So that's evil. They mm-hmm. should not because Instagram you know, Facebook is 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 run by by people our age and older. Instagram is where all the kids hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where they communicate. Yeah. That's where they share their photos, all this stuff. And WhatsApp, Facebook also owns WhatsApp, mm-hmm. which is also this huge communication thing. So they have, I mean, they can theoretically look at. I don't know if they do, but they certainly could go look at your, uh, you know, the messages and anything mm-hmm. else. I'm sure they say that they don't, but they, you know, why? Of course, they do they everything do. else. Why yeah, the fuck would they, they do that? So I don't trust them to not do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a dangerous company. They have all this stuff. And the irony is that, you know, in some sense, if everybody just stopped going there tomorrow, yeah. deleted their accounts, the whole thing would stop. Exactly. He would just be basically, you know, uh, Tom from MySpace with a worse haircut. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, but I think I, if I have to predict, I think that there's going to be a big uh, – come to Jesus moment for uh, for Facebook and I think that Zuckerberg is going to be uh, the sort of the sacrificial lamb there. I God, think I hope so. the board of directors is going to be like, okay, Mark, your time has come. Goodbye. Yeah. And that's, and you know, they'll sort of throw all of the bad stuff onto him mm-hmm. and uh, then they'll continue doing the awful things they're doing but slightly less awful. That would be my prediction. <laughs> yeah, you know, I desperately want to leave and I'm not, it's funny because I was kicked off. All my good stuff uh, that I had put on since, I don't know, like, I think I started that page in 2010. And, and mm. so, you know, I mean, I had, that's actually where I even basically just became what I am right now because of Facebook. It started on Facebook. Eventually I moved over to Twitter and I did a podcast and all that, but, uh, it was Facebook that kind of taught me that I could do social media fairly well. I mean, I'm certainly not yeah. the best at it, but I think I'm, decent and I got a huge following and I, and and it was basically it was politics you know talk about politics but I guess I had a way because I can be very sarcastic and, and I was initially talking about women's issues and I was kind of defensive about it because the tea party was coming in and getting rid of abortion clinics and in Mississippi and in Texas and all the red states and so I felt like you know I needed to scream about it and because I'm naturally sarcastic and I can be a smart ass it, it absolutely brought in a lot of engagement and conversation and lots of people followed me I was writing for addicting info and that's really when I got all my followers. I think, I think, you know, I started off on Facebook as an author. And then I was asked, because I wrote an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut, I was asked to write for Addicting Info. And when I started doing that, I went from like 11, I think I had 1,100 friends. And then that was in April by, I think it was that August or December, it was probably December I can't remember what of August or December I had 5,000 friends and then I started getting more followers and Mm -hmm. it was like it was I always viewed it like this ride that I was on like a roller coaster ride like trying to uh, manage it myself though because uh, (laughs) I would I could post a puppy and there would be a fight like people would just fight 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 all the time but then that page was taken away from me for no good reason basically because 
Zuckerberg did not want regulation and it was that uh, October 2018 when he got rid of like eight or 900 pages and profiles and I just happened to be part of it. So, but, but there's a part of me now that is, I'm, st I'm on Facebook. I started another account. I think it was in January of 2019 and I have a family and friends one. Plus I have some political pages and I guess I justify staying on, although I, def I desperately want to leave, because I know there's so much mis- and disinformation all over. At least I feel like what I'm putting on there is not disinformation. It's the truth. And if it's not the truth, I'll, I'll you know, come back and say, okay, this is wrong. The, I, I was wrong or whatever. But for me, the personal thing, and it's not even just like there, there's the keeping in touch with family and friends and your old pictures, like all my pictures are gone of I have some pictures saved to my computer of like rallies that I've done but so much of it was on Facebook and um, it's just all gone and it's really hard to let all that go especially when you have like you were saying your kids pictures and when you have community stuff and when you're in touch with your cousins that you never see it's very easy to keep that page up because you're you're communicating with your family and a lot of these people obviously they're liking some of these people who are in red states are liking pages that offer them disinformation about COVID and whatever else, the, the government and, and, and everything else. But I, you know, I'm, I'm actually talking with some people right now at a different website. And I think there, there's a, two guys, I'm not going to go into it too much, but there are two guys that have started something up and it's a subscription thing. Um, so it's like a paid subscription, but there's no disinformation. And, and it, I guess, you know, you can follow people there and it's kind of like a safe environment and I'm going to see how that goes. I, you know, I know I'm going to probably get that going somewhere in this fall or early next year. And if it goes well, I'm leaving Facebook, but I want to leave Facebook so badly because like you said, if we all just left, it would be over. Yeah. It would just we be have so the, we simple. Have the power, you know, although yeah. in a sense we don't like she said in the, in the Atlantic piece, she said, um, Okay, if a billion people leave Facebook, there's still two billion people left. Mm -hmm. Which is really That's true. You know, there's that's only three hundred and thirty five million people in the United States. So, mm -hmm. you know, just by frame of reference, that's that's an astonishing. And of course, I don't know if all these people are real, like they're actual true. people or if they're yeah. how many of the three billion are two point five billion just Russian bots? I don't know. Yeah. Because I do feel that, you know, you mentioned people, you know, like these things that are that are uh, disinformation but part of that is that the facebook algorithm boosts the disinformation. it does yes and you know you go on there facebook will say okay here's the most popular posts how is ben shapiro four of the top 10 what the facebook is 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 not a thing that young people use ever or, mm -hmm. or not a lot it's mostly you know people that are my parents age yes. honestly those people do not listen to Ben Shapiro or give a shit about him. So why is that happening? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like on a, like I call bullshit. On yeah. That. I feel like there's, 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 you know, dark forces at work. Um, there are ways to get your data off Facebook to get you to download all those pictures and everything else. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, other than to do it manually, I think there are right. ways to, to get that done. Um, I'm not really sure how, but I know you know, I have friends that, that, that have talked about this. Mm -hmm. um, my friend, Asia Raiden, also has been on my podcast but she was telling me uh you know privately or maybe she tweeted it that you know the facebook is like they, they're holding you hostage mm -hmm. you yes, know they, they, they are. take they, your they, they have your memories and that's how they hold you hostage wow and you know she's right you know that everybody is but one of the main drivers that keeps people there is the fact that they don't want to lose all that stuff because mm -hmm. it's been built up over the last you know when did it come out 15 years something like yeah. that um, I think 2007 and 8 are like the most popular like I think that I, th I my initial Facebook page was started I believe in 2008 or mm -hmm. maybe maybe late 2007 I think that's when a lot of us came on because initially it was just for young people just like with Instagram my sister used it all the time she never emailed anybody and, and at the time um trying to think she's like 30 something now so she was very young she was in her 20s or or even late teens and she's like I can't remember. She said, well, I'm just going to send it to you on Facebook. And I said, I don't have a Facebook. And she's like, well, that's where, that's where all my friends and I email. We don't even email anymore. So now, like you said, it's now they're all on Instagram and all the older people, but that's, you know, those are the people who are really susceptible and they vote. Older people vote. <laughs> right. And yeah, they're dependable, it, it, reliable a... voters. 
it's a it's a shit show. But you know, yeah. I don't. But again, I don't think the platform is inherently evil. It just no, needs to no. be regulated. Exactly, it needs to be regulated, and the data should not be sold. Yeah, you know, that's the that's the piece. Like just a, a place where you're exchanging stuff and you're mm-hmm. doing this that. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when they're, as my friend Lincoln's Bible likes to say psychological experimentation without informed consent yes. which is what they've been doing yes um they've done a lot of really awful things they're clearly bad for democracy yeah facebook is i mean orwell is rising from his grave <sighs> just being like yeah there it is why didn't i think of that <laughs> yeah right this is even worse you know exactly. it's so uh so or- orwellian and the fact that people choose to sign up and go on there right makes it even more orwellian right mm-hmm. it, it, it's just this this added level of irony that makes it even more sinister you know so, there was there was this video circulating and i think it was around 2007 this video uh was a conspiracy video about the mm-hmm. r r what is it rfid chip or R how what, what is it rfid oh, I, I can't remember anyway <clears throat> excuse me but it it was probably about seven or eight minutes long and it was talking about how eventually people were going to be begging for this chip that you know they would put somewhere in your body and all of your currency would be attached to this kind of like an ATM card but uh, that if you didn't fall in line they would turn off your chip and the whole gist was like yeah people are going to be wanting it because they're going to want to put it in their children just in case their kids ever get lost or kidnapped or something like that. And it's funny because, okay, we don't have the chip, that chip that they were warning about in that conspiracy video. But we do have people, like you said, going and signing up for Facebook. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not exactly the same thing. It's not about currency, but it kind of is because they are taking the information. And as, you know, Lincoln's Bible pointed out on the Narrative podcast – how uh, they got information from voters and in 2016 used that specifically to target people in those states that were needed electorally to win. And they were bombarded with disinformation. So, yeah, that's – okay, again, it's not exactly the same as that conspiracy, but it is people asking for it. So that's kind yeah, of freakish. It, it's, it's very, very similar. Yeah. And, and let's circle back, too, to the um, – because I'm sure people – anytime you say the word Russia, I think people roll their eyes at this point. Un- but un- the fact of the matter is that Mark Zuckerberg had had burned through his money, yeah. um, went to Russia, came back with a bunch of money. Then they introduced the like button, which is how they do all the tracking. Yeah. And then he ran out of money again and got more money from Russia. So hmm. um, not directly from Putin writing a check, but mm-hmm. you know through the various intermediaries mm-hmm. and – and this is, you know, Google it. I mean, there, there's plenty of sourcing on that. Yeah. It's, this is not a, a conspiracy theory. This is something that actually happened. So, okay, you have that, and Facebook is clearly, or Zuckerberg, clearly in the bag for Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's no question that what they did benefited yeah. uh, Trump. There's, there's no question. Yeah. So, you know, put all that stuff together, and, you know, you get this horrible kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, we, look, we're lucky in this country because we got rid of that guy. We voted him out, yeah. and it, and and for at least for the time being, we have a president who is not uh, a Russian puppet, right? Yeah. The, the the Great Britain did not get lucky; they right. lost the the, the Brexit vote, uh, which was I think the same op uh, launched by Putin um, to try to weaken the country, weaken the European Union, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It worked there, mm-hmm. and they're screwed now. That mm-hmm. Br- Britain is 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 not in good shape. If you're in in England right now, there are shelves that don't have food. Their produce isn't as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. There's supply side issues. There's not people there that can enough people. Like there's a labor shortage because you know they got the immigrant people from Poland used to go to London to drive cabs and trucks around, mm-hmm. and now they're not allowed to go there anymore. So you know this thing happened, and it's it's going to be devastating for right. that country. And that was a Russian op, man. Yeah. It was one vote. It was a Russian op, and they totally – it worked. I mean, they took them out. They kneecapped Great Britain. They yeah. really did. Well, and then um, Matt Taibbi, I guess, was not because I watched, because I thought it was trending, but I guess Matt Taibbi was on Bill Maher, who I despise, and he was saying that there is no connection between Trump and Russia. And it's like, hmm. You know, it's funny because – Matt, I used to like Matt Tybee. I used to like Bill Maher. I, although I always knew Bill Maher was a dick, I still yeah. watched his show. Actually, my father worked with him and could, you know, he, he, he said the guy was quite arrogant. But, you know, I appreciated 
A, his intelligence, and he had different guests on, and he was thought-provoking and all of that. He lost me when he warned people not to go far with Me Too. I thought, fuck you. Who are you to determine how where Me Too is going to go? But I haven't liked him since then. I mean, the, it was all building up. But, you know, the first time I ever saw Matt Taibbi, he was on that show, and I, w- I really liked him. I thought, oh, my God, he's so fucking cool. And now he's basically turned into, like, one of the Greenwald freaks, and I know that he lived in Russia, which I think is interesting. You have this young Rolling Stone journalist, although I don't know if he was, he was with Rolling Stone when he lived there. Either way, um, he lived in Russia, and now all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, Russia's awesome. They're not involved with anything nefarious. And I, I remember I said something. I think he tweeted out some bullshit and I replied and he quote tweeted me and he thought he was being so clever and I wish I could remember what he said but the weird thing was number one he wasn't clever he just looked like he looked like a baby and I was I thought oh shit they're all gonna come after me and the funny thing was nobody came after me it was just like a few people said some shit about me on his thread but a lot of people agreed with me and went after Matt Taibbi and I just, I was like, how disappointing he is. But, but yeah, like, I'm just kind of bringing in the point that you were saying people just yawn now when you bring up Russia. And it's like, why? Hillary Clinton was, was warning. She was right. We had all of the American intelligence saying, yes, they've been interfering. They're still interfering. I don't understand why we can't, as a country, as a, as a collective, recognize what actually happened. I just, that blows well, my fucking mind. I was talking to Lincoln's Bible uh, yesterday about this, and she said, "Look, you either you're either on the side of the seventeen intelligence agents, intelligence yes. agencies that formed the intelligence community, or you believe Matt Taibbi. <laughs> exactly, it's one or the other. Yeah. So um, Matt Taibbi, as you said, you know, he wrote for the Exile when he was in Moscow. Okay, you know, he was there, there you in go. the nineties, yeah. in the sort of go go nineties. Right. And he was a cool guy. He wrote a lot of good stuff. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, now he's not." So I, hmm. I feel like anytime you have somebody that um, is cool and that you like and that seems like they're doing good things and is on your side and then suddenly mm-hmm. shifts polarity for no real reason, especially when they can't really articulate why. Right. It's like what, 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 there's no basis in reality for him to say there's no ties. What the fuck are you exactly. talking about? Of course, his campaign manager works for the fucking Kremlin. <laughs> yeah. He gave, he, Paul Manafort gave, uh, you know, the, the polling data to his partner, Konstantin Kalimnik, who was a, an FSB guy that specialized in fucking with elections yeah. and worked for the like, it doesn't get more connected than that. You know, that's not nothing. And that's only one of example. There's so many examples. Yeah. So to just deny that these things ex- exist, he, he knows it's crap. He mm-hmm. has to. He's not stupid. No, he's so not. I wonder, you know, watching that. I wonder if he watches himself on TV and is proud, you know, yeah. of what he's become. I, I don't um, know. I, I, I mean, wouldn't. I, be, think he's... I wouldn't be proud. I would be. I would be sad if I was him because what a what a disgrace. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I can't help but think the obvious that they've got some kind of embarrassing compromise on him, and you know, and they're using it. I mean, I don't know. There could be other reasons. I don't know, but yeah, he just he kind of flipped and. He became such a disappointment. And, you know, I mean, I never was a Greenwald person. In fact, when the whole Greenwald, my boyfriend was writing about him all the time going, people. Yes, he was. He was. Yes. Red flag, red flag. This guy's a bullshitter. And um, it was funny, though. I'll tell you before when when we got together, he scoured my face. He went back all the way to 2012 because I think we met in 2015. So he went back all the way to 2012 to see what I was saying about Glenn Greenwald because he was afraid that I might have you know defended him which I never did because I never really paid a lot of attention to that so he was very relieved to find out that I was not a fan of Glenn but um yeah I mean I was a fan of Matt Taibbi I just thought he was so super fucking cool and you know and then everything changed but that's just the way it goes. What are you going to do? Go to, le- go to I lived in Russia, but I was only 12, so they didn't get anything on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Mia Culpa, I used to really like uh, Glenn Greenwald when, he, when during the Bush years, when he mm-hmm. would write these totalitarian things. And I was definitely all in on that. Yeah. And uh, and I remember when this when, when Trump took over and all the I, I you know, in, in, in 16, 17, going back and trying to make sense of it all, going to his feet and being like, why are you not writing about this? Yeah. I mean, I called him out at one point. I'm like, why are you not doing this? We need your brain on this mm-hmm. side. I didn't know at the time, but, mm-hmm. you know, that he's a, you know, a 
fraud um, or at least uh, a fraud in a sense of, of being like for, um, you know, democracy and stuff like that, because Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's working for Snowden. Yeah. He's with Snowden. I mean, Snowden is, I I, I know there are people out there who still think he's a whistleblower because he says he's a whistleblower. Snowden is not a whistleblower. Mm -hmm. He is, he is a a traitor. Mm -hmm. He took, he took, stuff like national real heavy duty classified stuff and absconded with it and where did he wind up did he wind <laughs> up in some golden paradise of democracy no last time i checked he was in russia <laughs> yeah and not only that remember during that whole airport thing remember he was at the airport yes. for 40 days yes okay that airport that moscow airport i can't remember the name of it that is like Russian mob central. Right. Nothing goes in and out of that airport without the express approval of Bogolevich and the Russian mob. Wow. So there's no way that Snowden was there for that long mm-hmm. uh, without them knowing all about it. Mm-hmm. So okay, that guy's that guy is is a traitor. Snowden. Mm-hmm. He's a dangerous yes. uh, traitor, and Greenwald continues to to support it. I yeah. mean, and that's it. That's all you need to know. So. Um, you know, these people are dangerous. They're dangerous people and they're, they're enemies of democracy. Hell yes, they are. Okay. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about. Um, just because this made me mad when I saw it, that you posted, you wrote, uh, do I have, yeah, you wrote, here's the truth about Brett Kavanaugh's finances. And it's basically a rebuttal because, oh my God, mother Jones journalists attacked you and Lincoln's Bible for what you've written about Brett Kavanaugh basically you were focusing on the who owns Kavanaugh it's like the who own Kav- who owns Kavanaugh hashtag so why don't you just like give us the highlights of that because that really pissed me off well this is important and not because she um, went after me but mm-hmm. she wrote a piece this is this is uh, I can't remember her name the writer for Mother Jones um, she wrote a piece her piece was called here's the truth about Brett Kavanaugh's finances and my piece was called here's the truth about here's the truth about oh Kavanaugh's I see that's finances. right oh, yeah. I have that okay. here and I read so, it wrong okay. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no it's, it's, it's <laughs> anyway um, which I was not planning to write but I you know she called me out she she quoted me in the in, in the second paragraph right. of her piece yeah so what she did is first of all she conflates things mm-hmm. she conflated my work and Lincoln's Bible's work we, we've done a five-part deep dive mm-hmm. on all of the Brett Kavanaugh shenanigans not just the finances but the perjury you know he's lied a bunch of times he's a he's a dirty guy mm-hmm. okay and he has a lot to answer for and there's a lot there we don't know and that was before the all this the 4500 tips from the fbi and this other stuff that's come out recently yeah okay and the fact that i know for a fact that he's like out getting hammered in public and 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 behaving badly at public events as a supreme court justice now after this stuff right okay he's a he's a he's a scummy guy okay he's a jerk uh kavanaugh but whatever so she what she says in her piece is well people on the left or liberals and she says it's you know, derisively, mm-hmm. uh, have accusing him of taking bribes. Okay, and she calls in. She she mentions other people, mm-hmm. but nobody's saying that he took bribes. Mm-hmm. That's her language, mm-hmm. and it's really fucking dangerous. Yeah. And I want everybody listening to pay very close attention to this semantic because it's important. Nobody is saying that he took bribes. That's what he's going to say when shit starts to come out about him. Oh. He's they're gonna their their entire thing is going to be Brett Kavanaugh never took bribes. That's how they're going to try to respond because yeah. they can't respond any other way because right. he did perjure himself and there is weird shit with the finances. Okay. So that's the first piece the, that that's not true. If you see somebody saying that, please call them out because it's not true. Mm-hmm. I never said it. LB never said it. No thinking person has ever said that he took bribes. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing remotely. Mm-hmm. Okay. What she's talking about is there's financial questions about Kavanaugh mm-hmm. before his, uh, his confirmation to the uh, D.C. Uh, District Court in 2006 and before his confirmation of the Supreme Court in 2018, he suddenly found himself in possession of a large bunch of money that is unaccounted for according to his financial disclosure statements or his testimony. Mm-hmm. Okay, In 2006, he bought that house in Chevy Chase, Maryland. It was $1.2 million. He put down $235,000 as a down payment. At the time, he had, I think, $10,000 in uh, savings. Hmm. So where did the money come from? We don't know. Uh, Now, his father, who is a corporate lobbyist and very wealthy, had just gotten um, a a golden parachute package worth $14 million. Brett Kavanaugh, only child. So 
probably he got it from his dad. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that you could read into it and say, well, I think probably it's implied that this is what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I say, we say this in our piece, this woman at mother Jones, that's what she says. That's her big ha 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 ha. I got Mm -hmm. you guys. Well, he got it from his dad. But if you read her article, she says, well, even though he parses it legally, he seems to indicate that she uses the word seems, Mm -hmm. which means that she doesn't fucking know it's goddamn right. thing. She yeah. knows no more than you or me, right? Yeah. So anyway, and then again, uh, in 2018, he has all these credit cards. We don't know exactly how much debt, but somewhere between, I think, probably around 50, 60, 70 grand credit card debt, mm-hmm. okay? That suddenly paid off. Hmm. He's had it every year for 10 years, and then, whoop, just before he's about to go through this thing, suddenly he has no more credit card debt. Hmm. Okay, between uh, 17, either 16 and 17, 17, 8. I can't remember how it, how it works. Okay, how does he do this? He says under oath, well, I have a bunch of friends that uh, uh, I got uh, baseball tickets. So we bought season ticket packages to the Washington Nationals games. And I paid for it, and then my friends all paid me back. Hmm. Okay, which is sort of like, you know, you go to dinner with some buddies, and if you're short on cash, you put yeah. it on the MX, and then you get the cash, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from everybody else at the table. That's basically what he did. Uh, but it's like, that makes no sense. No. Why Why would a bunch of dudes, first of all, if you're so broke that you're 60 grand in credit card debt, why are you buying season ticket packages to a baseball team? Right. Like, why are you even doing that? Second of all, um, why are all of these friends that you're buying the tickets with not one of them doesn't have 60 grand worth of credit card debt and they could maybe do it and not you why would you pick the guy that's in debt to have his card like none of it makes any sense and she writes in her piece something like well these are the dudes that he was you know that he did the thing with she doesn't even question like the story Mm -hmm. being insane Mm -hmm. it's it's not a credible story it just isn't and you know he doesn't he's he's asked hey how how did you get out of credit card debt and this is what he says so maybe that happened and mm-hmm. they just gave him a whole bunch more money but he said that isn't the case either so we don't know mm-hmm. so there's these questions that we don't know and you know even if it's his dad maybe that's not perjury but then it's like all right but did you declare it like there's yeah. all these implications right, for this right. yeah. and the point is you know people and then she also she, she makes the argument and other people have made the, the similar argument well he doesn't he didn't want to come out and say that his father you know gave him this money because he does he he doesn't want people to know that he's you know kind of being underwritten by his parents mm-hmm. and it's like really <laughs> what what is he seven like is he in middle school you know if you first of all i don't care if your dad's rich and you want to be a judge great give give him money i don't care right good he should redistribute the wealth I mean, yeah. you know somebody that somebody that is a public servant let them have money. I don't care mm-hmm. about that. You know, nobody does. Mm-hmm. What? But if you're if your self regard and your ego is so weak, you can't say that when asked. Yeah. To be on on a, on a one of nine jobs for life. <laughs> what kind of person are you? Yeah. Just tell the fucking truth, man. That's all we're asking. We yeah. just need the truth. But he didn't do it. No. Nope. He didn't do it. So he either didn't do it because that's one reason he felt ashamed. He he he, he had feelings. His feelings <laughs> were going to get hurt because he's wimp or he didn't say it because it isn't true and he didn't want to lie outright maybe he set it up this way to make it seem (laughs) if i may use the mother jones term (laughs) to make it seem like his father gave him money when his father didn't and we don't know and the fact that we don't know is a big fucking problem because to you know to want to wrap it back around we have this stuff going on now in texas and elsewhere and this disgusting disgrace of a vile drunk uh, handsy asshole mm-hmm. is one of the people that's going to decide the future of that. Right. And it's yes. Unbelievable. And she said in that piece that people like me are bad because we're giving hope that uh, that Kavanaugh can be removed from the bench. So I say, hey, you know, maybe if a guy's committed multiple perjuries and done all these bad things, maybe just maybe we shouldn't allow that to stand. Yeah. Just because he got got confirmed by this corrupt, you know, body. That's owned by the Russians and installed there by this criminal doesn't mean we have to let it be that way for the next, you know, however, however yeah. 50 years or however long he lives. You know, we don't have to stand for it. Mm-hmm. This guy is this guy is a corrupt actor. I don't care if he, I don't I don't care about that. He's a Republican either. If it was a Democrat, I would mm-hmm. feel the same way. This is not a political thing. We shouldn't have people who are compromised on the Supreme Court because duh. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And then and then um, I don't want to forget 
the um, Skeleto. Remember, everybody has to say Skeleto because that pisses him off. And then the other day, uh, he was complaining. Wasn't it Alito who was complaining about? Um, he was actually targeting journalists. He was calling out specific journalists who criticized him. And I think it was Chris Hayes who did a story on it and was just talking about how dangerous that is because now when you call out, when you're a Supreme Court justice and you call out uh, anybody, anybody in, in the press who's going to criticize you, you're putting a target on their back, especially in this divided, heated political atmosphere that we're living in right now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. So it's awful petty. that he did that. Yeah. It's, beneath the, the, uh, it's beneath the office. Yeah. These people should all be removed from the court. Like any, all of the – Clarence Thomas should not have been there to begin with. Yeah. That's a disgrace mm-hmm. that that guy is there. Not, not for, I mean, just for the sexual harassment alone, mm-hmm. he shouldn't be there. But the fact that his wife is this huge political oh operative God, yeah. is insane. Like, you wow. can't have that. It's, it's just not right. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. As it's, they it's, say it's in cuckoo. Baltimore, as they and, say in Baltimore, Ed ain't right, hon. <laughs> <laughs> and the way to solve it is to make more Supreme Court justices. Yes. I want 81 of them. I want, <laughs> I want nine times the amount that are there now. And then I don't have to learn all their names. I don't have to be upset if one of them dies. You know, I right. don't have to like check in on how the cancer is progressing. In, 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 like, I don't want to have to think about this stuff. Yeah. And it'll be much less you know, easy to, to control the damn thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be more uh, reflective of, of who the people are. And uh, I just think it's going to be for the, for the better. I don't know that we could do that, but that's what I would like to see. Yeah. That sounds pretty good to me. I'll take 81. That sounds like a good, nice round number. <laughs> yeah. I like All right. Uh, yeah. The, the last question I've got for you is what do we have to be hopeful about Greg? Uh, well, um, you know, it is football season. That's always, <laughs> I, I'm only half joking. I always feel like, um, you know, when, when football comes on, yeah. even though I'm not, I don't obsess over it, but I just like that it's on. Yeah. I just, it just makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apart from that, very little. No, I, <laughs> um, Succession is coming back on. We've got, you know, we've got some good shows and coming. The, and the Sopranos uh, movie. I just watched that last night. That was very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't been in the mood to watch mob stuff. I have to say, I too much mob talk yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in my in I my, get it. my journalism work lately. I so I, I, I'm going to wait a little bit on yeah. that. Uh, although I, I'm excited to see it, but but uh, but in terms of the country, I mean, you know, people care. Mm-hmm. I think that the the thing in Texas was a bridge too far. I think that woke people up, and and we might have talked about this last time it was on. I think people are really, especially women, are mm-hmm. really really mad. Mm-hmm. They're really engaged, and they're not going to stand for it. I think I think what they're trying to do now in Texas and elsewhere is going to fuck them in the midterms, mm-hmm. and I, so. I think that Abbott guy is toast. Yeah. I don't think he's going to win again. And once they get some people in there and and, and try to shift the way that, that 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 state's voting things work, that state is going to be blue. And once Texas is blue, that's the ball game. Right. That's ball game. Texas, oh California, and New York, and Illinois blue equals no more Republican presidents ever unless oh they God. change and adapt and become a, once again a functional political party mm-hmm. that offers real solutions right. to help the american people yeah. instead of like the, the the three dozen wealthy assholes yeah well that is very hopeful and that makes me feel very helpful so i'm grateful that you gave me that nugget <laughs> <laughs> but i just i want to i want to end on whenever you do watch the sopranos movie which is very good um okay. There is a scene at the end. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a scene toward the end. And oh my God, I couldn't watch it. I watched, unfortunately, I watched a little bit of it and it was so fucking horrifying. And then I had to look away and I heard things were happening, but I didn't really know exactly what they were, but it was bad. So for anybody out there who is like, you know, if, you, if it was a bit of a torture scene. And, um, oh, my God, it was fucking hard. So it's toward the end of the movie, I would say about maybe three quarters of the way through. Once you get that feeling, if you're if you're a person who can't deal with torture, just look away because <laughs> it was fucking hardcore. But it was really well done. And it made me want to go back and start watching The Sopranos again. Definitely one of my all time favorite shows. And I have to just add that I, can't, I think his name is Michael Gandolfini. It was James Gandolfini's son played him. Mm-hmm. And he was really good. I was wondering, oh, okay. you know, I was yeah. wondering how he would be. And I thought, is he going to sound like him? And I and he was believable. And he really does look like his father. So you could uh, you you could see it, and and they also cast very young Tony Soprano. He he, I bought him. He had Tony's mouth, 
and mm-hmm. and then Janice. She she was definitely cast. Everybody was really well cast. So when you have you know when you can stomach it, I, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. But really, keep in mind that fucking torture scene. Oh my god, it was fucking hardcore. But it was yeah, good. I, I can't. You know, I can't even like I get stressed out from Ted Lasso. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nate, how dare you? Nate. I can't even. Oh my God, Nate was such a jerk. Oh my God, but that's another show. I'm going to let you go. It's Sunday, and I know your football's on. But Nate was such a jerk, and we're going to have to deal with Nate. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Wait. I'm so excited for that show. I know, okay. me too. I love Ted Lasso. Love, 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 love it. Um, yeah, anyway. You know, it's just great talking to you. Thank you for, once again, for showing up on a Sunday. I really appreciate it. And have fun today watching your football. Oh, you know what? You know what? Always a pleasure. I forgot. Tell everybody where to find you. Oh, yeah. I'm on the Twitters at Greg (laughs) Oliar, which is G R E G O L E A R. I have a Substack, which is Prevail, but it's also my name. If you just type in my name and Substack, it'll pop up. And I have a podcast called Prevail with Greg Oliar. Um, so you know, just 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 sign up and subscribe and get it to download because that would be helpful for me. All right, I don't even yes. care if you listen to it, just download. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you can find me on the Twitters at author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y that extra E. And all my books are on Amazon. Okay, Greg, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Bye bye.